the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide, uh, this time with none other than mighty Max Hartington back. Hello Danny, always Hi. a pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> tell your face that, you miserable so-and-so. <laughs> Anyway, Max is here and we are um, once again looking at Max's uh, favourite films on, well, the films he's suggesting we should watch on Free to Air TV for the week ahead. They may or may not be his favourites, but certainly this is the choice that he thinks is worth watching across the myriad of movies that are available to us just on Freeview alone. And that's that's where we look for these films. So uh, a selection throughout the week. We also have a feature um, called Max's Action Films, where we ask Max to pick a film that takes it to the max. Just absolutely perfect there. Yeah. Can, can you believe we do that fresh? Can, uh, can it be believed that we do it fresh every single time and it's not just a perfect recording that we just, you know, put in? Yes, it can be believed. <laughs> so anyway, we'll have a film that Max is going to share with us that he believes is, is another film worthy of being included in Max's action films. But we start things off with a look at the cinemas. Two uh, movies we're going to talk about this week that are coming to our local cinemas, both coming out on Friday the 18th of August. Max, where are we starting? Starting off today, the very first uh, release we're talking about is Blue Beetle. Uh, Blue Beetle is the next in the DC film universe. So, of course, you've got your superhero comic book films. Uh, the latest... Oh, like, like, like Spider-Man and, no, and no, uh, no. Watchmen and, and all of that, yeah? And you, Lord of the Rings, yeah? You've made... So- <laughs> Star Wars, they're all in that universe. <laughs> That's the biggest, biggest possible stray we've had from all of that you've angered any any nerds listening and i know you do it on purpose but <laughs> perfect okay um, so, D, so just to be clear dc this is dc this, this is your superman su- and your batman and your right. wonder woman okay yeah, that, that, those are your iconic ones so blue right. beetle is of course sort of your um we, we've had our a-listers so we're sort of digging out our uh b, b and c list superheroes sort of thing for this new because this, this is new this is basically what marvel's now doing isn't it yeah you know, that, that we've had all the we've had all the big superheroes you know these ones and then and then now they suddenly they dig up ant-man from nowhere and and so this is this is dc's equivalent of that it is, it's always you know. bugs isn't it blue, yeah. blue beetle as well so dc the executives are sort of sat around uh, in a boardroom somewhere and james uh, gunn they're, they're, yeah and they're they're thinking yeah you know what the people really want you know they want to see more superman they want to see more yeah. batman they want to see more Wonder Woman. So let's get them Blue Beetle. The people are calling for Blue Beetle. Yeah. Um, Blue Beetle tells the story of um, uh, basically a college graduate, uh, Jay- uh, Jamie Reyes, uh, is made the symbiotic host with an alien scarab that gives him a, a magic suit of armor capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as Blue Beetle. So it's another origin story, sort of. It's. Does sound weirdly similar to Spider Man, doesn't it? The whole I feel like that, that's got to be a trend in these. But of course, you've got the the college school graduate who mm. is given uh, these these powers by so uh, a bit like thing. Shazam, then as well in yeah. a sense. Um, but but he hasn't got powers. He's got what a magical relic that that produces a suit that gives him. Yeah, powers. so it, it's like a, 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 it embeds himself itself in him. So it's like he right. this alien tech sort of unites with him and then makes right. him become a sort of a. You know, okay. it gives him like a, a suit of like adaptive armor, basically. Right. It's a so bit, he's got a bit like Iron Man, who doesn't actually have any superpowers, but yeah. when he's in the Iron Man suit, he's he's superhero. It seems to be, yeah. The, the whole sort of thing. Uh, watching the trailer, there's this whole sort of. It seems like the story is going to start with the whole sort of. I'm a teenager. I'm going to get. I'm going to do some really uh, silly stuff with my powers again, a bit like Shazam. And then, of course, he's going to be made to sort of. Uh, face reality and start doing the correct thing right. but um of course we, you give any t- if you gave any real life teenagers superpowers the first yeah. thing they do is turn invisible get the yeah. x-ray vision go down the local swimming pool you know what um did you ever watch chronicle 
Chronicle was a really was was actually a really enjoyable one for, right. me, for me because it did the whole thing of three teenagers get superpowers and they start like pulling hijinks on people instead and it felt like a very realistic depiction well, yeah. well, of because you'd imagine that, yeah the powers. first thing they'll do is go and find some girls yeah. to be all like creepy around and then the next thing they'll do is get their what get a one up on any bullies that have ever you know I'm pretty sure all of those happen in the film so yeah. and they start like moving people's cars in parking lots as well so they get confused about where they're parking so right okay lots of lots of team pranks in that one yeah but, um, th- this one sort of seems maybe maybe a bit a bit more good natured I saw something once and I cannot remember what it was now and it might even even have been a, an animated thing where for a laugh some superhero or some super powered kid repainted traffic that repainted um, parking lines in, in a car park making them all just a little bit narrower and everyone couldn't open their car doors everyone's banging into each other and they're thinking what's going on and they, 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 just by a small amount they'd adjusted all the it's lines brilliant. in the car park yeah. the, the chaos people can cause yeah. just by with, a very minor choice with great power comes great responsibility and greater pranking yeah um, of course we, we've already talked a little bit about this one off air we discussed about the fact that we recognise uh, well the main actor in this um, Sholo Mar- Maraduena uh, is the main actor in this one he is playing uh, Amy Riaz, who of course is also uh, Blue Beetle, he's the okay. one who gets the superpowers in this and, one. And how might audiences know him? People may be aware of him uh, because he is one of the main stars of uh, Netflix's Cobra Kai, which is the story of the the Karate Kid twenty years later. He is the very first student taken on by the Cobra thirty Kai years Dojo. later. Thirty years. Ooh, I'm adding three years, aren't I? Yeah. It doesn't feel that long. Yeah. So he, yeah, he, he's one of the stars of Cobra Kai on Netflix. Yeah, yeah he's a big, big role in that one. And he, I believe he started Cobra Kai when he was sixteen. So now we are a few years later. He's, he's got to be in his early twenties now, yeah. I'd imagine. Um, but uh, okay, and and also um, the other sort of we looked through the cast list. The other actor that we'd heard of was yes. um, Susan Sarandon. Yes, of course. Uh, Academy nominated and winner Susan Sarandon. Yeah, yeah, four, four time nominated. We looked up, didn't we? And she won for yeah. She won for Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Literally Walking. That De- minute Dead ago. Man Walking. But uh, I, of course, I know her from Thelma and Louise. So. Yeah. Okay. One of, again, Thelma and Louise. I said it all in one word there. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the great things of Max is he does all this research and he, he makes sure that an audience member would never know he has done. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's the perfect camouflage. He hides it in such a way that you'd think he'd forgotten it already. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, Susan Sarandon who, who has done films. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's just say Thelma and Louise. Dead Man Walking was the one that she won mm. an Oscar for. Uh, she was she was uh, the original um, Janet in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Really? Yeah, yeah. In the movie, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, she played the female lead, Janet. Ah. Um, a very, very, very long time ago. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, the client as well. One of the John Grisham thrillers with Tommy Lee Jones. She, oh right. She was in that. Uh, yeah, she she's done some uh, some marvelous uh, marvelous movies. Uh, but uh, she's not doing Marvel now. She's doing DC. Oh, see what you did there. Yeah, that was... uh, Yeah, yeah, you must be proud of that. Um, Well done. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, the fact that she's she's in this one doesn't necessarily mean it's any good. It just means they've offered a lot of money. It seems like they've given her the the more sort of sinister role, so she gets to stand around and, and look menacing in this one. In the same way that... Um, oh, get, is she we, the villain? Yes, I believe so. Oh, okay. In the same way that we keep going back to Shazam, Shazam, of course, had um, uh, Mark... Oh, what's his name? Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Mark Strong was playing the bad guy in that one. He, he, you know, I think it's a lot of fun to be a villain in these ones, isn't it? But you, yeah. just, you sort of turn up, you chew the scenery a bit, yeah. and then you get you get killed in a CGI But more fight. recently, in the in Shazam Two or whatever it was called, it was Helen Mirren was the villain. Oh yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, so there is. A, so she is joining a trend of uh, people starring in these ones. Yeah, of, of acclaimed actors of a certain age thinking, you know what? Oh, you yeah. know, it's it's easy. Let's jump it? on the Marvel train. Yeah, this is well, it's not Marvel, is it? It's DC. Oh, oh even oh, Max, you, I can't believe you didn't. That know wasn't that. on a slip as well. That wasn't even planned. Oh. No, awful. Anyway, Blue Beetle is out on the eighteenth of August. As is our next movie, which is not for the kids. Not for the kids. You Despite might, how it might you look. You may think it is for the kids, but it is in fact not. Uh, this it's is all talking dogs, isn't it? It's talking dogs. Uh, but this it's called is, Strays. This is the, the film Strays. Uh, it's about talking dogs. Uh, an abandoned uh, dog teams up with a load of strays to get revenge on his former owner. Uh, Will Ferrell is starring in this one as uh, well the voice of the dog Reggie, uh, who basically, uh, he cares very much for his owner, but his owner is a real piece of real piece of trash sort of thing right. so after he gets uh, dropped in the city he teams up with a bond of other uh, he bonds with a group of other stray dogs and they decide they're going to get revenge on the humans uh, by causing all sorts of mischief with them uh, of course uh, along the way there's going to be uh, jokes about dogs living in alleyways and I think there's there's a drug, drug trip in there as well from what I've seen in the trailers so uh, you know it's going to be <laughs> it's not going to be a kids film that's for sure no Okay, uh, it's it's it says on here. I think it's going to be a fifteen certificate for a start. Yes, um, and the um, so the dogs, they're so it looks real. So yeah. I'm guessing it's a combination it, of CG animation, maybe a little bit of puppetry, and, it, it and maybe like, a little bit of trained dogs. Yeah, I, I, it looks to me like they. I think they've got actual acting dogs in the scenes, and they've done a bit of you know CGI to make their mouths move as right. if they're talking, sort of thing, which is a bit, <laughs> bit creepy. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. Uncanny so, Valley sort of look. So it's, uh, yeah, talking dogs. Um, however, they're not just talking dogs, they're swearing dogs. They're swearing dogs, and they're also famous talking dogs as well, because uh, Will Ferrell is playing the, the main dog, uh, Reggie. You've got Jamie Foxx is playing Bug, the Boston Terrier, who, of course, is running the, the street gang, because, of course, that's what Jamie Foxx would do. Uh, Isla Fish is also appearing as well, and Randall Park, who some people might know. He's played, like, minor roles in Marvel and The Office and stuff. Okay. Um, I noticed Sophia Vergara from Modern Family is a voice. That yes. seems a waste. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, but there are actual humans in this as well, aren't there? Because you've got Josh Gad is in it. And mm. I believe Dennis Quaid is in it. Um, he's not listed on my list of cast, but I'm sure that was him in the trailer I just saw. Oh. That was playing a, in the background. Dennis Quaid cameo has already been spoiled by the trailers. Well, yeah, I don't think it'd be a cameo <laughs> if he's in the trailer. Or at least it can't be a secret. I'm sure. Yeah, Dennis Quaid's in here. He plays Birdwatcher. Birdwatcher. <laughs> <laughs> which is either a superhero or a minor character yeah, it's crossing over already <laughs> yeah um anyway uh that's uh so that's strays which it says here it's from the people who made ted so if you like that sort of thing that's probably um, the perfect way you can if you see that you've already got an yeah. idea of who from the, the studio that bought you cocaine bear and ted <laughs> if those movies mean something to you and you like them you will love this to be fair 16 year olds across the world probably rejoicing at the chance to see this yeah wonderful stuff okay those are your new releases in the cinema for this week. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know. 
you could be my next guest. This is the point in the film guide where we uh, we we get to a thing called. He's so excited. He's like a little puppy. He's all he's all so excited. Uh, but yeah, it's Max's um, Max's action films, which is where Max chooses an action film that does indeed take it to the max. Yeah, and uh, tell us about chills. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> tell us about this uh, this film this time around because you you diverged, didn't you, from yes, action yeah. films? You oh, you're well, now admitting well, no, this? No, 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 I'm well, not you, admitting. You just said yes. You know, no, I said yes as in I have. Yes, you had diverged from action I, films. I have not diverged from action films. You did. I, I went for something that I feel was a very as an action horror comedy. Multiple sort of options available there, but you didn't agree with me. I, I mean, I agreed that you, you it was, strongly, a, gr- it was a great film. Great, great film, yeah, but you, you felt film. that I was diverging away yeah. from the, action yeah. films. Yeah. So I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for something that is unnegotiably. Unne- is that a word? Unnegotiably. There is we it, go. Okay. Is that a word? Yeah. All right. Yeah, definitely. Right. Unnegotiably, an action film. Right. So I have gone for the very first in a film series that's now seems like it's doing doing the numbers. It's all over the place. Uh, I unfortunately have not been keeping track of the series itself, despite my love of the very first one. We are doing the very first John Wick film, right? Which is, I think you can agree with me. It's definitely an action film. Oh yeah, there's yeah, no def- two ways about but it. It's it's so it's so um, oozes the like the the action trends. It's uh, so just like. Um, there's no sort of focus on oh we're not going to make this too too dramatic or anything we're not going to it's Keanu Reeves of course is playing John Wick in this one we don't need to focus on his emotions or anything the main thing is he is a man who you don't want to mess with and he's going to kill a lot of people yeah, so basically he's a former hitman who comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters who killed his dog and stole yeah. his car. <laughs> Pretty much. That's it really And, and it? that's it. That's, that's all you need to know about the plot itself. And if they hadn't killed his dog would have been fine. It would have been fine. It would have gone away. And I think the very... Uh, I When I first watched this film, I'd heard a few bits about it, but it's that very first sequence where as soon as um, this gangster's son has killed John Wick's dog, there's an entire phone call with said gangster going, here's why you don't mess with this man. He is just an absolute machine. He's killed... I've seen him kill people with a pencil previously, and he's, you know, he's digging up all his guns and everything. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it, it, it's, it's great. So, so it, and it kind of redefined the action genre, really. This mm. movie because it created it in such a stylish way. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the 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 almost operatic way that the violence yeah. unfolds on the screen. The the the, 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 the sort of frenetic, non-stop. It doesn't take mm. a breath. It, it's just all going all the time. And Keanu Reeves is is remarkable in it. Yeah, and and, and how he does all that and I'm sure it's a combination of him and CGI and yeah. stuntmen but it looks like but it's him a lot you, you see a lot of the behind the scenes for, for the other films in the series you can see he's gone for all this like firearms training all this martial training to make yeah. sure he's like you know he's firing the guns the correct way and he's like rolling around the correct way and it just leads to some brilliant scenes like I mean you can just chart it from you know they go from like you know uh, gunfights in in mansions to nightclubs to like car chases and it's all just so well put together yeah uh, like so, you said, it's composed. It's really composed, and I think what's really good about this is it's um, it's shot very well as well. Like uh, I think there was a, around like the two thousand tens, there was a lot of this like shaky cam combat where you're not really seeing really well put together. Whereas this is very practically rehearsed, mm. and I think that's what's is uh, very good about this this action genre. That I think, like you said, I think the two thousand tens. Well, like, I think this this film did a really good job of bringing that back mm. for a lot of people being very aware that like well structured fight scenes with like yeah. very clear fluid action which uses cuts very tactfully tactfully rather than sort of just 
you you know the sort of the the whack change whack change like clearly hiding the fact that there's a stunt actor doing half of the action yeah yeah. Um, yeah it does all of that and i think as well it has a similar impact on the genre as the matrix did mm. although the matrix was a very much a cross genre thing because it was action but it was also sci-fi and it yeah. very much yeah. both uh, and also Keanu Reeves again. Mm. Uh, but then also things like the Bourne Identity redefined a lot of action movies yeah. and how they did action. And um, and yeah, th- this, this I think, has done it again. It, the yeah. way that it has redefined the action genre. Definitely. Uh, and the, we're up to number four, I believe, in the John Wick four franchise. I have heard that And a, a TV series, a isn't there, about to come out on, on Prime Video. The Continental, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which is going to be about the... So what I really like about John Wick, on top of the action, which is so well made is um, it does a really good job of slotting into this really established world. Like, we we learn about John Wick, but then as the film goes on, we learn that, you know, there's... Uh, this this hotel where lots of illegal, like illegal assassins stay, and there's there's rules about them not being able to like attack each other. Yeah, they're not allowed to kill each other. Yeah, which you know, quite frankly, I think Premier Inn and Travel Lodge, you need to take notes <laughs> here. You know, <laughs> just saying. But uh, yeah, they, they give them they give them a free dodge charge so you, as well. So you, clearly, you, that, that, you that's ma- something they should follow. Yeah, you made out that like you know they have a rule at hotels you're not going to kill people. Like no other hotel has. There's that. a secret. Pretty sure a, all hotels yeah, have that rule. There's a secret assassin hotel established on on the, the sort of the idea that they're respecting and keeping each other yeah out of bounds. Like it's some kind of respectful trade yeah. that they all yeah. You know, and of course, Ian, Ian McShane does an amazing job as the yeah. hotel's manager in this. Lovejoy, he's great in this. No, he's not the manager. Is he not no, there? it's Lance Reddick's the manager. He's the manager. My, yeah. my mistake. No, but but um, Ian McShane sort of is operating the the sort of the underground in this. Yeah, isn't yeah, he? he's yeah, he's some kind of like shadowy figure, yeah. and he's kind of is he the his boss, his mentor? What is he? You he's don't, got a connection to. Yeah, him, yeah, I'm saying you don't quite know. And I can't Lance, quite remember. And Lance Reddick is the hotel manager. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, yeah, who sadly passed away. Yeah, um, unfortunately. So uh, which is because well, I think he's he's really he's really good in this role. I yeah. mean, everyone in this film yeah. is brilliant. There's some great actors in. John Leguizamo's in there as well, who's, who's particularly good. Um, William Dafoe is mm. in this. Um, Michael Nickfist, who would be known to some people as the original guy in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the not the Daniel Craig well, the, one. The, the, the previous one. Yeah, he, he played um, uh, Blum... I can't remember what the guy's name was now, but he's the lead character yeah. in the Swedish versions right. of this. Um, and then he, he passed away he's as well. Passed away, I yeah. think this might have been one of his last movies. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, th- there's some fairly good, fairly good actors in there, including old Lovejoy. Yes. Um, so uh, there but you go. Just just absolutely brilliant. Like the, the entire ride is just it's uh, it's unrelenting. It's so well put together. Um, and uh, you know, I, I can see. I think you can see how this film has inspired. You know, you know, three uh, three follow up films and a TV series. Yeah, well, it's going to be another because there will be John Wick Five as well. I'm so sure there be, will be. Yeah. It'll um, keep going. As, as long as Keanu is still standing, they'll keep doing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there but you this, go. This one is the one to watch. This is the original from 2014. This is John Wick. And that's uh, Max's choice for Max's action films. The Film Guide with Max Hartington. Part of the Sonobras Podcast with Danny Smith. The final part of the film guide looks at Max's choice of films on UK free-to-air TV for the week ahead. Uh, Max has just uh, been given a bit of a glance from me because he keeps fiddling with his mouse. You can, use, if you need to use the mouse, use it. Don't just nervously fiddle with it because that makes a noise. That I don't is even need to. I was doing everything I could to not make any because okay. I'm a professional. I didn't want to do. <laughs> any sort of unnecessary noise to make sure this flows perfectly okay 
Uh, fair enough. Um, by the way, in the last part, we were talking about John Wick and we were talking about spin-offs. Apparently, there's another spin-off. Um, yeah. The, the, the Ballerina? The Ballerina with Anna de Armas starring, which uh, is really exciting to see, considering, I mean, I, I think everyone knows her um, her, her scene from uh, the most recent James Bond, No Time to Die. Yeah, she was great Brilliant in that. In that. So good. Best part of the whole film. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. She was so good. Uh, but also, there's another rumour of another spin-off from the John Wick series featuring Halle Berry's character. Another, another spin-off. Although that one... It, Whereas the the ballerina has actually been filmed, been filmed and it's going yeah. to be released next year, this one's just a rumor. Oh, right. But Halle Berry's character might get a spin. It's, it's interesting again, but it's that whole, like we said about them, whole creating this world. But what, for all what's the very interesting there is that the um, so when Anna de Armas was in No Time to Die, mm. there were rumors that there could be a Bond spin-off featuring her character. Mm. When Halle Berry was in Die Another Day the same rumours and and in fact they were said a lot that Halle Berry's character from Die Another Day might spin oh. off into it but the Bond movies have never done a spin off they've never done that no so it, it, it looks unlikely as time went on although at one point it looked them. like it was a possibility mm. um, that, that, uh, that Jinx I think was the name of the yeah. Halle Berry character from Die Another Day and it looked like a possibility and also the fact that Halle Berry was an Oscar winner so yeah, yeah. not like in a lot of Bond films where the, the, the female lead is, is someone relatively unknown. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we're now at a point where... And Anna de Armas as well, I think. Is, is it an Oscar winner or certainly an Oscar nominated actor? I believe she's nominated, yeah. But um, I think it's interesting to consider um, that I think now we're in, a, we're in a point where it's more likely than ever that they would make this spin-off you know given the more the focus on you want more sort of female representation in these in these styles of films and especially with james bond which is sort of notoriously is very much a yeah. a man's a man's man film isn't it the, yeah. or the idea of james bond i think An- we're in Anna a time Thomas, to- um, best actress nomination at the oscars this year for blonde Oh, so, so, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, so, oh. so he's Oscar nominated yeah. herself. Um, I, but I, I think they'd struggle too purely because I think Daniel Craig's Bond's world is sort of done now, isn't it? Like, I think that they said yeah, this they, last they, film, there's they, an end to it. They're now, shelving, it? Yeah. they're shelving um, Money Penny and M and uh, Q. Well, well, I suspect if 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 they do another Bond film, it will be they will reset the yeah. the, the thing. You know, Daniel which, Craig's saga is complete, yeah. which is a shame because I, I do I, I love I really enjoy the supporting cast of those films. Like, of course, um, Ray Fi- Ray Fiennes mm. and uh, Ben Whishaw and yeah. um, Naomi Harris, Naomi Harris, yeah. yeah, all really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, R- Rory Kinnear as well. You yes, know, that that sort yes. of supporting cast that they built up across those. Because yeah. in the books, he had this supporting cast. Mm. In the previous movies, you had some of those characters occasionally. Yeah, but but very much in just one or two little scenes and that was it yeah. whereas um, it was nice to see more of them in the yeah. Daniel Craig movies interesting that Judy, obviously Judy Dench stays across because she, she started with Pierce Brosnan didn't she but yeah. she, she kept through but yeah. clearly she just did such a good job that yeah. she transcends uh, time and I guess there wasn't maybe people weren't as worried about con- uh, continuity in these before this you know Marvel came along and said that oh no you've got to make it very clear even though we said that <laughs> maybe yeah. not who knows? But if if I were the Bond producers, or if they're listening now and they want some advice, yeah. I would say consider, because let's face it, everything's been done. Mm. So they must be thinking, right, what can we do now? Because it's yeah. all been done. Go back and do them as period pieces. I love that. Man from Uncle. Ma- make it, yeah, make a Bond film and, and make it set in the 50s mm. when, when mm. Fleming's Bond was set. Because that's not been done. That'd be brilliant. E- even Doctor No, the first Bond film, was yeah. the 60s. But how about looking and going back and, and doing it and, and bring all what you've 
learn over the years of making Bond films and yeah. make one set there. Because these days, technology would be such, it would be easier yeah. to make a film set in a period than, than it would have been before. Where, well, of course, lots of films were period pieces, but they were very, very expensive. Mm. It can now be done in a simpler way and, you know, set them. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I, really, I think that'd be fantastic. That'd be my advice. And also, don't, don't restart it. Don't do a whole, like, origin story again. Yeah. Because everyone kind of knows to. the Bond origin. See, so. my, did I ever tell you my... Th- my uh, it started when I was much younger before I was truly exposed to the Bond thing. But I always liked the idea that, um, that the, not just the title of 007, but the name of James Bond was what was passed on to the sort of the... The, the the 007 the, the name was inherited as part of the role was for, for, for a long time and then of course Skyfall came and completely changed that by establishing that Daniel Craig was James Bond and I know all the books probably go against that as well yeah, yeah was, they do I always like everything the idea. goes against that I always like that yeah, idea yeah. that maybe the name was inherited as well no so it's just the, the, the code number because there is there's a book that um, Anthony Horowitz wrote he, he's written a couple of Bond books he's done a few and uh, one of the ones he, he wrote it starts off or it says on the blurb on the back like that 007's body washed up on the banks of the the, the Seine in Paris and and uh, you know and and th- they ha- had a funeral for 007 and mm, all this mm. but it's not James Bond it's James Bond's predecessor it's, it's 007 and then James Bond is sent to investigate yeah. the 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 murder and and uh, what do you think they could do that as a film would you would you watch that as a film what a pre James pre 007 James Bond not, not as it, the process of him becoming 007 well in a way that was Casino Royale yeah that was so. I think it's been done. So I, I, yeah. my feeling would you be don't to don't that do again. that again. You, you They've just done want, it. You just want. Here's the plot. Drop James Bond in. Off we go. Well, that's what they did with all the other movies. Yeah, and also a lot of the other movies um, really paid little attention to what had come before. There was mm. there was little in the way of continuity between yeah. them. You, you know, he, he's not kind of like at any point going. Oh, well, I can't believe how many villains I've had to take down and trying to take over the world. You know, it's oh, how many times have I got to do again? this again? <laughs> When are you going to learn a lesson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, another evil bald guy with a with a cat. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. You know, there, there's a danger they they, they became, could become cliched. So I think I suspect why they're taking a long time to develop the next one is because they're really trying to think. Well, what are we going to do that's different? It's all been done before. Yeah, I, I think especially I think because people were so tied to da- Daniel Craig Bond as well. I think you really want to distance yourself from that. And like you said, making a period piece would probably be the best way to sort of go. This is something new. Yeah, and I think really let them sort of flex. Well, it could be, or just you know drop it in the middle or something uh or, or look at so one of the films that was begging for a better follow-on was on a majesty's secret service mm. where it ends with bond's wife being killed yeah and then there is almost no mention again of that of that incident so maybe pick it up from that and have it like bond having some kind of breakdown him suffering somewhere him yeah having resigned or uh, you know and and then yeah, they bring him back because he can go after the guy it's who did it. Isn't it? And again, it's that sort of thing of who. I think it also depends on who do you cast as this Bond because the first Bond is their first film was always sort of an uh, sort of a getting to know the character stage, isn't it? And sort of establishing what how is this Bond's role going to play out? How do they, how does that actor sort of interpret yeah. it? So I'd like to see who they cast and how they sort yeah. of play with that. Okay. There you go. Eight minutes on Bond, and, and that's not anything to do with what <laughs> we were talking about. That's a bonus. But it was basically because we th- we mentioned about John Wick, and yeah. we got into the whole um, that there there is there is a spin off that's coming out next year mm. in the cinemas. There is a, a TV series prequel, The Continental, that's yes. coming out uh, imminently on Prime Video 
Uh, and uh, and yeah, there's rumours of another potential Halle Berry spin-off as well. Yeah. Okay. But let's move on now to uh, films on free to air TV for the week ahead. And starting uh, with Saturday the 19th of August, 9 p.m. on Paramount, we have The Running Man. Danny. I've got a confession, I haven't seen The Running Man. And I'm putting this on here because I'm a huge fan of Arnie and I absolutely (laughs) love um, any role he's in. And I love, just every time I've read the plot of this, I know that I need to watch it. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll give that to to the listener and I'll let them know. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a dystopian America, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a falsely convicted policeman who uh, gets his shot at freedom by participating in a TV game show which has convicts uh, named runners battling killers for their freedom. This sounds brilliant. This sounds absolutely fantastic. Why have I not seen this? So, do you know who wrote The Running Man? No. It was written by Stephen King. It really? was based on a short story of his. And uh, See, I wouldn't... I, I would have thought Philip K. Dick or something, because it sounds very in his ballpark. So, it was it? under a different name. Uh, he, Stephen King wrote under different names. Oh. And it wasn't under the name Stephen King, but it was a short story of Stephen King's. Uh, under, a, under a different name. That's fascinating. Um, and, and so, yeah, so the, the, the movie... In a similar way to, um, oh, I'm trying to think now, but maybe something a bit like Robocop or a bit like mm. Total Recall, it's set in a near future yeah. and it's incredibly violent mm. and society is quite violent. Yeah. Certainly Robocop it, there it's is... Like the, um, it's the sort of the inverse of... Um, uh, what's, uh, we've got uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, versus Wesley Snipes. Oh, Demolition Man. It's like, the, it's like yeah. the, the inverse of Demolition Man, isn't it? Yeah. Which is too sensitised. This is too violent. Yeah, yeah. Too desensitised. So, so one of the... Th- and, and one of the things with this is that they, they actually... Um, so criminals can um, fight for their survival mm. on a gladiators-type game show. And uh, they... You know, and the fans are screaming and the TV audiences are screaming for like, like murder him, murder him. And, and you know, they, and they, have, they have a guy with a chainsaw who's a big popular like you know sort of gladiator and and they you know and they love it all the the audiences love it when he when he saws in half a, <laughs> a, a villain and and yes yeah, so it's not, so Schwarzenegger's character yeah he's a wronged cop who who gets sent to prison trying to get freedom and, and the only way he can get he's offered a chance for freedom if he can win the running man mm. tv mm. program and so uh on he goes uh and yeah it's um it's typical sort of Arnie nonsense from the 80s yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, but it's, it's worth watching and it's directed by this will mean nothing to you but Paul Michael Glazer the Paul Michael Glazer who was Starsky in Starsky okay Hatch. that is actually <laughs> um, he, he directed I was being sarcastic but that, yeah. that is actually pretty good yeah 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 yeah. Paul Michael Glazer St- uh, Starsky was uh, uh, this was his movie um, and uh, he it has directed um, a few things and I think he, he, he became known but not this is probably The Running Man is probably the biggest thing that he directed mm. uh, but uh, but yeah um, yeah just looking down the list here yeah it's mainly television stuff he's directed but The Running Man was was uh, was mm. was a film that he did and uh, yeah so it's, it was a popular movie at the time typical Arnie stuff really corny dialogue I just quite want, I extreme just, violence I just want to see him just you know really say, say some lines really loudly and then hit a guy I'm sure he says um, I'll be back at one point or other and then he sort of looks at the camera it and feels like aware. feels like he does um, in some way there's a bit where he has to sign a waiver to be on the programme and he gets the guy to turn around and he puts the contract on his back and he gets the fountain pen, he signs it and then he, he really thumps hard to like do the point and, he, and, and, and the guy's got the, 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 the fountain pen like stuck in his back yeah. and you know, it, 
and and I think there's a thing where a guy with a chainsaw and and I think Arnie in the end gets the chainsaw between the guy's legs and just goes up with the chainsaw all the way through. Yeah, and it's it's kind of quite extreme. Yeah, but but almost comical violence. Yeah, yeah but but Arnie's stuff back then was quite like that. Mm. It, it was quite um, R-rated violence, as I think the yeah. Americans call it. <laughs> Anyway, that's The Running Man on the Paramount Network, 9pm on Saturday the 19th of August. We move to Sunday the 20th of August, and again on the Paramount Network at 11.10pm, we've got the 2010 version of True Grit. Yeah, True Grit. Uh, so this, of course, is directed by the uh, the Cohen brothers, mm. uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen, which is um, one of the reasons why I thought this was worth watching in the first place. But this one is just really interesting. I am aware of the fact this is a remake of a, an older film, isn't it? Yeah, called True Grit with John Wayne yeah, from 1969. The, the Wayne one, yeah. So I, I'd be in, it'd be interesting to have you seen both of them. No, I haven't. I no. have seen the I've seen this one. Yes, I've seen the Cohen yeah. Brothers one, um, but I've not seen the original. I think it'd be interesting to compare them. But I, I think this film on its own stands stands really well to the test. So it sort of tells the story of a um a young a young farm girl who basically has her father murdered by an outlaw, and she sets out to capture capture this man. And along the way, she comes across you know a sort of a. Uh, a marshal who is a sort of like you know who of course is played by none other, none other than the amazing Jeff Bridges in this who's brilliant he's like a, an eye-patched marshal who's a bit of like a really surly one and she's also joined by another sort of younger more impressionable sort of um character who uh, a ranger played by matt damon in this yeah. one so the, the original one it was john wayne was playing the um jeff bridges character, jeff bridges character yeah. and won an oscar for for the part really uh, and there was a sequel to it as well uh, because the character he plays was rooster cogburn and mm. there was a sequel that john wayne did a few years later which was called rooster, Go- oh. rooster cogburn uh, and the part that matt damon plays now was played in the original by glenn campbell the Glen Campbell, rhinestone cowboy, yeah. Galveston, you know the, yeah. the 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 country singer. Um, but he also did a bit Matt of acting. Damon, also a country singer as well. Is he really? <laughs> no, you just made that. Up, you liar. <laughs> he's a bit, he did. Um, Scotty doesn't know for that one film, didn't he? Did he? He's done. He's, it, Matt Damon has at least a a, a slight music career. Does he? <laughs> He sang a song once. You're making it, it up. Went, it went you? into it went into yeah. the charts. So Jeff Bridges got nominated for this part, and people were saying the the poetry of it. If if Jeff Bridges won for the same part that John Wayne won for yeah. back in the day, but no, he and he got nominated. Nice, um, yeah. But it got nominated for five Oscars. Mm. Uh, it, it did. It did rather well. Yeah, I, I thought this one was brilliant. It's really. It's um. It's a very sub- actually. Western, I lied. It got nominated for ten Oscars. Ten. Ten Oscars, but it brilliant. didn't win any. Oh. But um, but it's definitely. I mean, I think it's definitely. It's so worth a watch. Like it's a really. It's a very brutal, um, western. It's not like a sort of like fancy like over the top one. It's very just. It's people living in the wild west and sort of seeing how these characters all interact and deal with the setting. And and this is, I think, um, sort of the one of the most uncoen like movies the Coen Brothers have done. Yeah, this is so I not like I their but wonderful. And I love the Coen Brothers, but this doesn't have no. quite that same thing that the other Coen Brothers movies have. So if you it's if you're a, thinking, oh, it's going to be a bit quirky, a bit oddball, yeah, it's yeah. not really. I think that's it because the the other western I think of that um, the Coen Brothers did. Well, they did Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and they also Which wasn't did, a western. Not not a western. I was thinking of the same sort of like style. Right. But, um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the other one they did, which is the, like the sort of the anthology series about lots of different western stories. But that's still got. That's very clearly Coen Brothers with the quirkiness and the characters and everything. Yeah. But um, this is, yeah, this is just very, it just just feels very real, doesn't it? Okay. So when John Wayne played the part, people thought that he might be too old to play the part because the character Rooster Cogburn was supposed to be be about 40 Mm -hmm. and John Wayne was about 62 when he made it. (laughs) 
but Jeff Bridges was 60 when he made it as well. So, you know, but, but, but I guess by then all they're thinking is, well, he's about the same age as John Wayne yeah, was, so that'll do. But but he's so good. Um, yeah, Jeff Bridges is, is you know wonderful, Excellent. wonderful actor. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that's um, that's the 2010 version of True Grit. Mm. Uh, if you've seen the original, it is well worth looking out for. I am sure. Uh, if you've never seen either, then yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, there you go. 11 10 p.m. Sunday the 20th of August. We move to Monday the 21st of August, and uh, the Monday film technically it's on Tuesday morning, but it's <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> Don't if you t- look at any listing, this would be on a Monday listing. Yeah. Because at 1.05 a.m., um, it's uh, the film Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. This, is, of course, is a David Lynch film, so I will do my best to tell you what happens in this film, but I'm going to have a nightmare giving you a proper description. Oh, can you not stick to an official thing? Because we'll be here forever knowing you. <laughs> so, uh, after a car wreck on the winding Mulholland Drive renders a woman amnesiac, she and a perky Hollywood hopeful search for clues and answers across Los Angeles in a twisting venture beyond dreams and reality. There right. we go. Got it in one. So, as mu- well done. So, as much as I said that the last film was about as uncoen brothers as it could be, this the David Lynch David movie Lynch is possibly one of the most <laughs> David Lynch films you could ever watch. Although it's it's not that that would probably put people off. It's not it's not impenetrable as a no, David Lynch movie. No. You just got to pay attention. There are weirder movies that he's made. Yeah, Lost Highway for one. You know, there are others as well mm. that are a lot weirder. This isn't so weird, but this has. The, the threads make sense don't they and I think it's more this film um, not just, doesn't just play with the content but it plays with the sort of the order the, like the sort of the sequencing of the film mm. as well isn't it like the start of the film doesn't really make much sense until you start watching later into the film I had to watch it all over again well yeah. the time I got to the end because I, I just thought that doesn't make sense to yeah. me <laughs> and I found it so weird and because the first part of the movie it's quite bright and sunny and mm. you've got this idealistic young it's woman. It's very LA, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah who, who, who's turned up to Hollywood, to, you know, to kind of, yeah. you know, sort of, you know, she's chasing the, goal, the, the, the Hollywood dream, isn't she? Yeah. She's, ch- she's chasing that, the American dream and she thinks she's going to be a star and isn't everyone nice in Hollywood? And then, and then suddenly it just that. turns. and it, it becomes like almost so over the top dark in comparison, yeah. doesn't it? And I had to look it up because I wasn't convinced that it was Naomi Watts all the way through the movie. I thought they changed actors mm. and I was so surprised that it was still her. And I think that the whole sort of like subconscious messing with you that's done with this film, like David Lynch as a director, like he uses, I think he uses every part of the medium he can to sort of like to signify things. And he's very artist, like, like, you know, he'll use lighting and color and things to sort of, to hint to you that something's changed in in a way that, you know, it's not spelled out. And it's, I mean, it's the whole thing. I'm yet to watch the, the return of Twin Peaks, but I remember we've, we've had a chat previously off air about um, Twin Peaks and you said, oh, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, the the return is great. You just have to watch an hour long uh, video explaining the episode you watched every single time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's these, there are a series of YouTube videos that explain what you've just watched. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll get to the end of it and you'll just think, I really enjoyed that, what but I don't know what happened. <laughs> but it was really good. Um, so also, the, the this film has a... some. I mean, at the time, some people criticised it have, having a tone that was slightly mismatched. Mm. And what that was about was because this was actually originally a TV series. And this was a pilot for a TV series that never got picked up. So David mm. Lynch was encouraged to go back to doing another TV series, you know, some years after Twin Peaks yes yeah and so he came and, up and with, he had such a nightmare with that didn't he about yeah disagreeing with the, the studio yeah yeah and then he quit and then he went back to yeah. it and, and, and had all this so he was off the chance to do another TV series he, he he wrote this filmed the pilot and it wasn't 
it, it wasn't picked up. Mm. And then he thought, actually, I could work on this and turn it into a movie. Mm. And so they filmed a lot of extra scenes quite some time after yeah. and turned it into a movie. And it is a masterpiece. It is one of it's, David Lynch's finest movies. It, it left a really strong impression on me when yeah. I first watched it. That, that impression was hate the first time I watched it. <laughs> um, but as time went on, I could really appreciate what had, got, what had gone. But at the time, I just thought, watching it and just seeing a load of clips happening and not really being sure how they connect. Yeah. But I can really appreciate the effort that went in. Yeah. Um, and there's one there's one scene in particular where there's um involving the uh there's like a, a an alleyway behind a diner which is just such a really good it's like a what a 5 minute scene but the dread it inspires is just excellent like yeah. it, it, you're so afraid. <laughs> so it's a really good movie. If you're not a fan of David Lynch, if you've if you've tried mm. to go mm. through other stuff and you think oh, I can't do that, I'm not sure this is yeah. the movie for you. It's two and a half hours long this yeah. one. But if you do, if you liked Blue Velvet, if you liked Twin Peaks, I'd I'd watched Twin Peaks before this as well, so I was so, I was sort of ready. But I think it was just so harder to comprehend than Twin Peaks. Yeah. But anyway, this is uh, this is Max's movie choice for Monday. Uh, it's film four on yet yeah, 1.05 a.m. So technically into Tuesday morning, but it's Mulholland mm. Drive. And then uh, Tuesday afternoon uh, on the 22nd of August, great movies at 4.45 p.m. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Ace Ventura, the pet detective played by none other than Jim Carrey, uh, returns from a spiritual quest to investigate the disappearance of a rare white bat the sacred animal of a tribe in Africa. So this is a sequel to the very first Ace Ventura film. Uh, this is the better one, in my opinion. I, I love this film. It's, it is one of the funniest Jim Carrey roles, in my opinion. It's not his best. You know, if, you, if you're thinking best, you're thinking more of his dramatic roles, aren't you? But I just think the character of Ace Ventura, to me, is so much of a treat to watch. And uh, I watched this one probably when I was, probably when I was too young to be watching it. But um, it just made me laugh so much it, okay. it's such an excellent comedy and it, it's very unrelenting I, I will say that I, I'm certain people I know can't stand Jim Carrey so if I recommended this film to them they would say don't watch this one but um, see but the just, thing is and, and this is coming from someone who has yeah. a degree of sympathy with, with those people you know yes. <laughs> uh, but Jim Carrey's very good at what he does mm. he's very good at what he does he's very talented he, he transforms and, himself in yeah. roles and if you like Jim Carrey and this is not meant as a backhanded compliment at all but if you like him <laughs> this is a fine example of what he does yeah. and you will enjoy it immensely um, if you don't like him don't watch it because yeah. it'll annoy the life out of you because it's him doing what he does it, for it, an hour it is him doing, him doing what he does best he, yeah. he does uh, eccentric mannerisms he gets put in the worst possible situations and he plays a per- person with absolutely zero uh zero social social skills but loves animals yeah 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 anyway ace ventura when nature calls that's tuesday's choice from max 4 45 p.m on great movies we move to wednesday the 23rd of august uh film for 6 55 p.m men in black three the third men in black yeah I, I really enjoy this one. Um, we talked uh, previously about period pieces, and I really like this one because this film is a period piece. It sort of goes against... Um, so, of course, the Men in Black series before this one, you'd had Men in Black 1, which was the one uh, that established the relationship of Will Smith and uh, Tommy Lee Jones as uh, Agents J and K. 
Uh, this film, uh, we had the second film, which sort of dealt with that, dealt with some other stuff, relationships. Men in Black 3 takes that relationship, but then puts them back in time. So Tommy Lee Jones has a very minor role in this one uh, because he's actually, um, the his character is being played by um, Josh Brolin instead, who plays him due to some plays time. Plays a younger version A younger of him, version of him due to some time, time travel shenanigans. But um, I really like this film for its period piece and sort of going back in time to, they're dealing with an alien who wants to basically get into space via the, the, the initial sort of... Um, Apollo missions so they go back to the, the 60s where this is going on and it's sort of um, Will Smith has to deal with well I, I say Will Smith because he's very much you know playing but he's Agent J in this one but he has to go back in time and sort of negotiate this landscape that he's familiar with but it's so different because it's they're exploring the relationship that the, the men in black have with aliens in a different time and all sorts but um, okay. it, it's just a really enjoyable one the uh, the first Men in Black film was was wonderful. Yeah. I, I was not a fan of the second one. I thought it it really lost its sparkle. I think, and I've never watched this one. I think this one. Um, I I know what you mean because I think two doesn't doesn't two is not a very strong sequel but i think three does a really good job because it goes to the relationship between j and k even though they are obviously it's not tommy lee jones their relationship is still very much a part of this on top of this really they've made they make some really nice sets to sort of recreate the feeling of it being in the 60s okay Uh, and um, I, I noticed that in the cast list as well you've got Emma Thompson yes and then you've got Alice Eve playing a young Emma Thompson um, <laughs> because you know they go back in time so yes. that's how that goes uh, you've also got Carl from Succession in it yes he is yeah um, good old David Rash makes an appearance as Agent X on this one yeah, as well yeah <laughs> that was great remember when Men in Black came out there was then discussion about a sequel and at the time, I believe there were some rumours that Tommy Lee Jones may not return mm. in it. And there were various uh, speculative articles doing the rounds as to who might be replacing him. Yeah. And the, the two frontrunners were David Duchovny from the X-Files ah. and Clint Eastwood. And I'd, I think t- they're lo- two very, very different people with I, different I, takes on it. I'd but love I'd- to see a world where either of those, like the worlds where either of those happened. Yeah. I, I, I love David Duchovny, especially in the X-Files. Oh, he's so good. Have you ever seen Californication? I have not. I've, oh, you would I, love it. Because you, you watched Entourage, didn't you? Yes. It's yeah. very much of a similar vein to Entourage. <laughs> it's set in LA in, in that period they were on at the same time it's very 2000s California adult comedy in the same thing 30 minute stuff Californication you'd love it Uh, you've got to watch that now you've got to find that but but David Duchovny and of course David Duchovny and of course we've talked I'm sure there's documented hours we've talked about how much we love Clint Eastwood as well yeah 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 yeah. and and so the the thought of 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 either of those doing you you can just imagine Will Smith Will Smith and and Clint Eastwood Clint Eastwood just just growling a lot and like you know like it's, it's aliens and it's one of those weird I can't picture I cannot picture uh, Clint Eastwood and Will Smith being in the same room because I, I just yeah. they, they just are from two completely different you can imagine the size uh, of the gun that Clint Eastwood would have under his jacket that he pulls out and, <laughs> and you know like blows away the, the, the aliens away with, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, it it never happened. Tommy Lee Jones was did indeed return, um, mm. and then more recently, haven't we had a there, there, well, had a Thor? There was a it? yeah, there was um Chris Chris Hemsworth and um, somebody else from those a, movies, wasn't it? A, a British a British actor. Uh, yeah. they they joined as the new sort of agents, and that one got sort of a mixed mixed uh, reaction from what I can remember. Yeah, that was that was was it Men in Black International, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Which, which I don't think went very well at all. No, uh, but. 
anyway but uh, if, yeah if you want to watch the series watch one then watch three and you're fine right okay there's something to bear in mind that's uh that's men in black uh sorry men in black three which three. is max's choice for um uh, wednesday the 23rd of august that's film four 6 55 p.m and then the final movie of the week thursday the 24th of august uh on quest at 10 p.m we have blood diamond and interestingly that we just mentioned there um david Duchovny because his on-screen partner gillian anderson's in this yes. isn't she have I got that right? Uh, I would have to double check. I don't think... I don't know if she does actually appear in this one. I, I said that. This, I, this I agree. is Leonardo DiCaprio, isn't Leonardo it? Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Connelly. Oh, is it Jennifer Connelly? Jen- Jennifer oh, Connelly maybe. in this okay. one. Yes, yeah. Because I have I started agreeing. I was like, no, wait, hold on. I was trying to think if she made an appearance in this one at a later point, but... Right. Because I'm having a real problem now because my keyboard's just died, so I can't type anything oh, in. So we're going to have to do so this. It's going to be one man show. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Lucky, lucky to the listener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mouse is still working. That's something. Oh, so tell us about oh, Blood Diamond, uh, Thursday, 10 p.m. on Quest. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So Blood Diamond tells the story of a, a fisherman, a fisherman, smuggler, and a businessman syndicate, basically. Um, so start that again. A fisherman, a smuggler, and a syndicate of businessmen are basically. Uh, all in this combat, of course, battling over a priceless blood diamond that's found uh, in South Africa. And it's sort of dealing with this whole sort of the stories of the, you know, the blood diamonds being made in these mines out in South Africa and people being basically, you know, people being used as slaves to sort of mine for these. Uh, once a big uh, collection of these diamonds are found, a fisherman played by um, uh, Digimon Honsu basically manages to sneak out with these. And he enlists the help of uh, Danny Archer, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, with a great Rhodesian accent in this one. Um, help, basically, they come to an agreement that they're going to uh, find a way to sneak him out so they can get these get these diamonds away and get these stories out to people. Okay. With Jennifer Connelly playing a, a news reporter who's very interested in Leonardo DiCaprio's life and sort of trying to get out of him about his relationship with uh, the military and um it, this one's just re- it's this one's a real like um it's an epic like it's a real sort of journey that they go through as they they fight through the sort of um the the different uh, settings of South Africa but it's 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 very intense i know where i made my mistake with Gillian anderson now yes. because blood diamond came out in 2006 mm. and he's set in africa yeah. as is the last king of scotland which also came out in 2006 uh, with James McAvoy and Gillian Anderson. Oh. So they were both set in a similar part of the world and the, both movies were in the cinema at near enough yeah. the same time. And I feel time. like at, at, in this era, Leonardo DiCaprio and James McAvoy look a little similar, don't they? They've both got the blue eyes and the baby faces. No, it's not that. Don't don't patronise me. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's the fact that they were both films set in Africa <laughs> that came out in you. 2006 that may well have been in the cinema at near enough the same time. That that's <gasps> oh. But anyway... That, that's by the by so uh, Blood Diamond uh, Leonardo DiCaprio doing yeah. his thing and uh, doing a lot of running and sweating if L- I lots right. of running and sweating and car driving in this one uh, Digimon Honsu gives a really good performance in this mm. one as well as he's um, you know he's someone who's been enslaved and steals his diamonds but then needs to go back and find his son as well but he gives an, a, an excellent performance in this okay uh, that's Blood Diamond uh, that's on Thursday the 24th of August Quest 10pm Max which of those is your movie of the week oh I'm actually going to say I'm going to give it to uh, controversial opinion book talking about it and everything to go with it maybe really think about it. I'm going to give it to Mulholland Drive this week okay I re- you know I, I feel a film like that wasn't even on the first draft I, I feel your... like I feel like I need to go back and have a look at it but talking about it and the the effort that goes into it makes me think that it's really really so well crafted that it if you if you're willing to give it a go, give it a go because I think you will be surprised whether pleasantly or not pleasantly Does it will it will you know, it will uh, 
shock you. Okay. I, I think I think you can't watch Mulholland Drive and not walk away thinking about it. You, you will you it will it will impact you. It will impact you. Yeah. It won't just wash over you. Yeah, you, you can't. You're not. It's not just. You're not just going to sit there and watch like a superhero film. You are going to walk away from this and go, "What have I just watched?" Okay. And can I learn any more about it? Okay, Max. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll have more from Max Hartington, the mighty Max Hartington, in the not too distant future when he returns to the film guide next week. It is the return of producer Sam uh, taking the film guide. Uh, thanks a lot. If you want to see the list of movies that Max has just recommended that are on TV this week, do um, look in the um, in the show notes right now and also on our website at stalbanspodcast.com. See ya. See ya.